But this isn't even the right one. Oh, for shit. I want the real one. All right, well, that ruined my own intro. This is not great. All right, should we just go with the real intro? Uh, probably. I mean, it's been a while. Day. It has been a while. We're back. Eh, are we? Uh, we never left. Um, where the fuck is everybody? Is there no one here? No, there's people here. Oh, there's people here. Okay, good. Sorry for the language then. Yeah, Bill O'Brien's gone. Nice, nice background, dickhead. Um, very nice of you. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how I feel about it yet. I'll be honest. Like, uh, all right, should we, should we start the, you want me to do the intro? All right. Start the pod. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of College Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always... My co-host and fan of a newly OC-less team. <laughs> C-less team. C-list. They ain't got no C. Chris Marler. Chris, sounds like it's been a good day for you today. I don't know why you're so happy. I mean, I'm not super negative about Bill O'Brien. I There's things he didn't do or that he did that I did not like, for sure. Mainly the way he looked and his chin with with his chin the chin was too much for me i couldn't i I was not good at handling that in a very like uh mature way i didn't like it it's i mean it's so deep yeah no it's it's super deep it's it's a t as well it's It's like it's it's the shape of a t yeah which i don't like because i mean tennessee texas right what are you doing right now dos equis Mm -hmm. nice I forgot to bring alcohol up at my new my new place. Filming from a new place. Look at that. I know. Looks nice. It does it. It actually is really nice. It's blurred. Um, no thanks to me. Uh, but yeah, I, I like it. Uh, before we get into it, you and I hung out this weekend IRL. In real life, we did. With producer Dan. It's. I think it was. <laughs> was that the first that we've ever done that with the the three of us at somebody's house? Yeah, I think I mean it's somebody's house. Yeah, was Dan there? <laughs> you know, <laughs> he didn't talk much. <laughs> Bruiser Dan was no, 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 no. He was right. having a day. I mean, the, he, he, he's, he's a Cowboys, Cowboys fan, so you know we feel bad for him. We loved it. Um, can I also brag on this hat for a second? University traditions. Yes, absolutely. With a brand new, uh, what do you call it? Um, hat. Powder blue Ole Miss hat. I don't know what happened with the other one, but like it's it got these like weird like stains, like they just kept going up the bill. And I was explaining it to somebody, and I was explaining, I was like, yeah, it's like weird, like I don't know what it could be from. It looks like sweat stains or something, but I don't sweat the hat. And as I like took off the hat, there's like my hair was just just noticeably greasy, Ugh. and I think that might. I mean, I don't know. Either way, love these guys. It's a fantastic hat. It looks really good. Um, we did hang out in real life. Um, Dan made some fucking bomb ass fajitas oh yeah those were fantastic well yeah. he's from texas you know i told him you got to be able to make southwestern food yeah or else or else uh yeah so it is the off season we took a little bit of a hiatus it's like a week, week off yeah we're back off season doesn't sleep 
as you may have seen. And so we've got news surrounding us here. Where There's do we want to start? Because today, we want to start with today's news. Bama basketball murdered somebody. Oh, really? I, I mean, yes, that really did point, happen, right? but capital. It's, like, it's, it's different. Like the, the most awful, toxic like things that could have happened so far in the offseason for social media have a thousand percent happened. So Bama's basketball team is murdering folks on the court and off the court. They're, we're going to talk about the basketball team for like at some point, not, not at the top, but yeah. Um, nice job. You're a terrible person for saying that, but better you than me. Um, yeah. Where should we start? Because I feel like I was, I was thinking of this when we were like, we were, I was like prepping for the show. I was like, did we even do a post natty show but we did yes we did yeah it was so good that you forgot we did it yeah for sure i mean i think i just i just don't want to remember what happened there also good news i don't care how this sounds i was elated when i found this out yesterday my first stepdad is dead <laughs> jesus <laughs> all right speaking of sounds, dead he died brian speaking of yeah okay we can get into that all right, let's talk about Bill O'Brien because yeah. I think a lot of people before we went live, well, actually we were live, but before we actually started recording the podcast, so those that were in the chat were hearing our discussion. Right, you're you've got a little mixed emotions about Bill O'Brien. Uh, well, we let's see, did he opt to that. leave? He did opt to leave. Yeah. Okay, so he wasn't. He was definitely not told he should find another job. I don't he opted to leave. I mean, I don't know how the whole thing like went down. I don't think it was something that Saban was going to be like, fuck man, if we lose bill, what are we going to do? Who's going to be the the fucking three man on my, our pickup basketball team. All right. So he goes off back to, by the way, bill Belichick, just, he is the king of just getting the boys back together. Yeah. With no smiles on his face though. I mean, my man hired a defensive coordinator to be offensive coordinator this past year, Matt Patricia. Is that did that really happen? That really happened. Matt Patricia was the OC. Why? And people wonder why Mac Jones was got pretty bad pretty quickly. I mean, we well, didn't have maybe, maybe when while. you have a defensive coordinator running the offense, seems like a, a weird move. I didn't realize that was real. Oh, because his son is is doing the whole lickety lick thing, and then and then and then like being D coordinator or something. Yeah, weird. weird. So yeah, so Bill O'Brien back together with Belichick in New England. So uh, we'll see how that goes for him there. But it leaves a spot open for an OC there at Bama. So your take first on Bill Bryan, Bill O'Brien leaving the program. Um, so I think it's pretty obvious that it was going to happen. I think most people were expecting it. I think most people were kind of wondering why it hadn't happened yet. I, I kept saying this a couple weeks ago. I think it was pretty clear that Saban – at this point, like Saban must have um, <laughs> Carter Logan just feeding my ego right now with my favorite story of all time. Um, yeah, like I, I think at this point, the fact that it hadn't happened yet told me that Saban ha- like probably had a plan in place. I don't think the plan was all right. We're going to get O'Brien back, or we're, we're like waiting, you know, in general, let alone with like bated breath that like to figure out what Bill O'Brien's going to do so we can make our next move. Like, I don't think that was the case. I think he probably, you know, Bill O'Brien's been in like some pretty tough situations. Like the, you know, he was a head coach in, in like the NFL, obviously. Um, 
he they come from I guess like a pretty similar pedigree in terms of the fact like if, if they you know like being under Belichick um and not the same pedigree but you know what I'm trying to say mm. and then the other part of it too is that's a guy that took over like Penn State when when they had all like those issues like first first like um arise and or I guess like first come to light and so I think Saban despite what all the fans think of Bill O'Brien and despite what you hear on social media and on message boards, and all that kind of shit, or even from me yelling at my TV sometimes on Saturdays, I think he had a lot of, like more respect for Bill O'Brien than any of us probably had or thought. Um, and so he was going to let him make his next move before, like it was not going to be some situation where it was like, all right, we're running this guy out of town because we're pissed that the offense didn't do this or this. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I, I, I kind of appreciate that from Saban in terms of not letting the fan base make like, like even, even the perception of it being that the fan base drove this decision because it didn't and it shouldn't have. Oh, well, of course. I mean, to me, I think of it as uh, for Bill O'Brien, was it more, Hey, look, like you had a really good QB obviously, but that's not a receiver core that Bama's typically used to, I would say. It was a um, shit, shit receiving core. Yeah, the tight end room, probably not as special as it has been in the past. Latou's fine, he's whatever. Um, O-line, probably not as great as it's been in the past as well. So, <laughs> and, and Bama still, I mean, they were able to put up points on a lot of people. Yeah. So, I, I just, uh, I don't know if it's, is was he, you know, tasked with bringing those players in? Is yeah. it a chicken or the egg thing? Like, it kind of ran short on talent in some key areas, and so it made his offense look bad, or I don't know. It's probably so, good for a fresh start, though, no matter what. Well, first off, like the offense, I, I, I'm i not convinced the offense looked that bad. I mean, the offense ranked, like you just look at against ranked opponents. They averaged 35 points per game this year against uh, five ranked opponents, and they averaged 34 last year against seven. Um, I, I, like I, one thing you didn't point out that I think is like a, a pretty important thing, too, is this is the first time in the Saban era where you – absolutely had to put up points because your defense was a question mark to some extent. Right. Um, You know, and it wasn't even like it was that bad. Like you just, but from like a statistical standpoint, it was very different than the numbers you've seen in years past. Um, Like, you know, just, just bottom line. Um, I don't know how many games you watched the past two years where it's like that offensive line was fucking terrible, especially last year. I still have no idea how they gave up zero sacks to Georgia in the SC championship game. But they were awful the entire year. You get seven sacks to Auburn, had six yards rushing against LSU, six total yards rushing against LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, how many times did you watch a Bama game in the past couple of years where they had to they had to come back out and answer again on offense because the defense didn't get a stop? So it was just like you're in the shootout, and you're like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah, I mean, the, on the surface, the the statistics weren't bad. They averaged four four hundred seventy seven yards a game, forty one point one points per game last year. That ranked eleventh and fourth respectively in the FBS. So, um, certainly, the offense wasn't necessarily you know a drag by any means. I, I agree with you. The defense is really where I think Alabama is just not up to to par, and and you know why that is, right? It's because Saban basically learned everything he knows from Kirby. I heard about that. Yeah, that was cool. That was I, it was news to me a little bit, but I did hear that from a lot of people. So we should definitely get into that. I'll lose my mind. Um, you, uh, dude, here's the thing. 
Kirby, how many how many tiles he won since since Kirby left? I'll wait. I mean, if it's less than three, then it's nothing. In my it's opinion. zero, pretty much, because it's two. Which right. is is that the same amount as Kirby? Yeah. Has he played in more than Kirby? Yeah. You're just but talking. Does that matter? That's no. you're just talking in circles because you don't want to admit that Saban's been basically learned everything he knew it, from Kirby. It ain't that I don't want to admit it. It's that I won't. I won't admit it. Okay. You First just did. Well, anyway. Um, no, so this is I, here's my take on this from like the O'Brien standpoint. And you can look at the numbers too from a defensive standpoint. From 2008 to 2017, this is the deep dive I did last week about or a couple weeks ago with, with uh, Pete Golding. These are just the Kirby and, and Jeremy Pruitt years. You ranked, you, you averaged giving up 13.1 points per game over that decade, over a decade. You gave up an average of 264 yards per game. You only had, uh, what do you call it? You only had 13 games where you gave up over 30 points and only six where you gave up 40 or more. To put that in perspective, the, like the last five years under Golding, um, or since he's been on staff, he's been the DC for four of them, you had the same amount of games where you gave up 30 points. You had 13 in five years as opposed to 10. And you had one more game where you gave up over 40 Um you had seven total, including one where you gave up 50 for the first time in program history. Uh, you you were giving up like 18.6, 19.4, 20.1. This year they went back down to 18.2. But those are all the highest like totals and in, and in, and in scoring um, opponents' points per games in, in the Saban era in the last 15 years. So it, it has been different. Now from a, a, like where he's come up short, because he has – you had the best quarterback in the history of the program. And I don't give a shit that he didn't win a national title as a starter. Cause what he did, like Bryce young was a fucking miracle worker with that offense. I mean, it, it's crazy that he had this amount of success that he did, uh, especially this year with that receiving receiving core. And you could say it's development or, or whatever you guys, like I've heard all the narratives and shit like that on social media, but the bottom line is, and I've said this about Clemson and I've said it about I, what I think is going to happen at Bama, especially going into next year there is just a natural drop-off at some point of talent when you have generational talent. Like when you have generational talent that you're able to stack year after year at the same position, especially at some point there has to be a drop-off. But I say, I say that you think about Clemson, they had Taj Boyd, who's like, you know, ACC or black Aaron Murray. I've said it like for like a thousand fucking times. They're like the same quarterback, put up ridiculous numbers. You think he's like this incredible guy just couldn't get like win the big one. He's out. Deshaun Watson comes in. Now you win a natty. He's fantastic. First round pick, former five-star. Then you replace him with fucking Trevor Lawrence. Like at some point, there has to be a drop-off. And you saw it with DJ Uolungale, who is a five-star quarterback, who is ranked as high as Bryce, but there's a drop-off. Same with the receivers. You don't have New Popkins and, and Sammy Watkins and Mike Williams. Mike Williams. And, and you know, like who else? I mean, we're forgetting a ton. Um, yeah. Ray, Ray McLeod. Yeah, Hunter Renfro, who's actually still on an NFL team. <laughs> but like, yeah, you, you have at some point you're going to have a drop off, and not to mention the changes like it, those like coaching positions uh, or those like position units and stuff like that, who are coaching and developing those players. Bama. Oh, you're muted. You're muted. Something happened. <clears throat> I'll keep everyone uh, occupied here and entertained. Yeah. So Bama had 
from an offensive line standpoint, you had six years out of eight where you put in a first rounder in the NFL. Um, I mean, you were putting just loads of talent at almost every single position. But from a quarterback standpoint, you had Jalen Hurts, Tua, Mac Jones, and Bryce Young in that order. But I think what's more important than any of that is that you had Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, with all that talent, and then you go to to Bill O'Brien. And there's just going to be a a natural drop-off at some point. So who's next in line? We we know AL.com came out with an article with some candidates. I don't know how – usually when these type of articles come out, 75% of them have no chance of actually being a real candidate. But any names on the list that kind of piqued your interest as far as – I didn't see the list. All right, we've got Oklahoma OC Jeff Lebby. Yeah, I think that's who they're going to end up getting, to be honest. All right. Well, then we'll stop. Into discussion. <laughs> uh, um, you've got Joe Brady from the Bills, obviously. LSU I think that's James. a pipe dream because I don't think that guy wants to recruit. New York Giants quarterbacks coach, Shea Tierney. Uh, he was, he's with Dayball, obviously. He was a former Alabama analyst when Dayball was there. Uh, Ole Miss co-offensive coordinator, Charlie Weiss Jr. I'll pass. Texas quarterbacks coach AJ Milwe, uh, former Florida coach Dan Mullen. That is the, that is the guy I want. I what, yeah. So I I've seen a lot of people make fun of it. Like someone even in the chat, Mullen right. ripping Grantham in the Bama box would be so good. Like people have been like, oh, why would you ever want Mullen, dude? I would definitely take Mullen. Well, I mean, what's he ever done, Tyler? Besides that one 2021 season. Well, to be fair, I mean Florida does look a lot more buttoned up and better on the field now that he's gone. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, no, I, I get it. I think I actually don't even think that comment is even like making fun of Mullen. I think Mullen's like low hanging fruit in in you know to some extent just because of the fact of the way that that his tenure ended, and also he beat Georgia once, and then he got his fucking brains beat in like every other time they played. So I think that's where like you hear most of the um the noise, I guess, surrounding that. Dan Mullen is a fantastic offensive coordinator. Like they like don't even think about like what he did as a head coach. Like as an offensive coordinator under Urban Meyer with Alex Alex Smith and at Utah and and, and Tebow and Chris Leak and all them at Florida. Like I think that'd be a great hire. I don't know if he wants to do that. Like, I don't, I don't know how well that would go, but I do think that if, if he comes in, like Sark is the reason they got Bryce young. He, and he's a good recruiter. We've seen that. We've seen what he's done in Texas. We've seen, you know, some of the people he's, some of the other people he's worked at at USC and Washington shit like that. I think that like, you could have this guy come in and be like, Hey, this is our OC. He's going to handle your recruiting. But like, really it's just, Here's all the things on his resume that appeal to you as a recruit. Right. He doesn't need to hit the road or any of that kind of shit. Like you could stay in house, whatever. Um, I, that's the one I think they should go after and get. At some point too, as NIO becomes more of a conversation, like does it really matter to have some sort of ace recruiter at an OC position? Like if a kid likes the program, likes the offense and your NIL game is good, I think you're probably good. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm overblowing it there, but um, other names on this list, Eagles quarterback coach, Brian Johnson, former Ravens OC, who was just let go, Greg Roman, 
Former New York Jets coach Adam Gase. Oh my oh God. God. So Jesus. funny. Former Dallas Cowboys coach Jarrett, Jason Garrett and former Arizona Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury, who has taken a one way trip to Thailand. So we need to talk about that in <laughs> by itself, for one. I just, there are a few people that have, like, of that stature and that, like, like public presence that are have just openly been like, hey, I lost my job. I, I'm just, I'm gonna go fuck. I'm just I gotta go. I'm gonna go have sex with as many Thai and don't, don't, don't go there. I'm gonna say it. I mean, that's all he's doing. You know, that's all he's doing. Nobody goes nah, to Thailand for the beaches. He just needs to find himself. Over Not there. at that age. They don't. Not yeah. when they look like that. They go to Thailand for the for the fun times, the Vietnamese history. The pho and the yeah. fucking. I see what you did there. There we go. Um, all right, quickly before we move on. Also, Bama ha- is re- replacing their D coordinator. Any <laughs> any coordinate coordinators that you favor there? Obviously, Pete Golding moving on to Ole Miss within the division. I just say you back up the Brinks truck to Kirby, dude. Make him say no. Yeah, I mean, look, he. How many championships did they win when he was at Bama? Say it. Nick Saban learned everything he knows. <laughs> Admit um, it. No, I, I think like if you're going to go after somebody, like what I have been told from people close to the program is that Pruitt is not a valid option. What I've also been told yeah. is that Pruitt is the one they're going after <laughs> and and they're going to make somebody else tell them no. Okay. Any clues on who that other person is? What do you mean? They're gonna make someone else tell them no. Oh yeah, Greg Sankey or or like. Oh oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Or Joe Biden. Saying. I don't know. Joe Let's hope Byron. it's Biden because I mean I think we we get past that one pretty easily. Any truth to the Schumann rumors? Who the fuck? Glenn Schumann from Georgia. Oh, yeah, I think that's that would be, I think, I don't say ideal. I don't know if they're going to go get him, but I think that is, if you don't get Pruitt, that's your next guy that you should that they should target for sure. Yeah, it'd be interesting. You know, um, obviously, he's got a good situation in Georgia. Duh. But, I mean, he is a co-DC with Muschamp, am I right? So Under Kirby Smart. Right. So I, this I at least gives you a chance young, to run man. your own defense. He's he's super young and he's been he, he's from Bama, went to Bama, he's been in that system. I think that like you you get that kid in Tuscaloosa and then you can set him up for like a similar path to what Kirby did. Mm-hmm. Yep, so. I like it. Any truth to Greg Sankey as Bama's new DC? Yeah, Carter <laughs> Logan says in the chat. Um, I, I mean I doubt it. I, I think that they should probably go. Like I put out a list a couple weeks. He ago. runs a two-two. What does he run? Greg Sankey. Yeah, he runs the SEC. I was just oh. okay. I know who Greg Sankey is. You dumb fucking idiot. Way <laughs> <laughs> to ruin the joke, Chris. <laughs> um, I think they should go after Brandon Walker because there are a few people that are as defensive about anything as that guy is about his horrible takes at times. So, oh, okay, I see what he did there. Oh. Um, Ooh, okay. Ravel. Ooh, Ravel. 
That we just had the uh, one year anniversary of when we had Josh Pate on the show and we were making fun of Ravel's MLK Junior collection. Big MLK that, guy that he, that he bragged about. Um, all right, anything else on Bama before we move on? No, actually, surprisingly, no. Let's cover this. It's been talked about as not ad nauseum here, but this the whole Stetson parade thing. Yeah, I know you were a ardent supporter of what he what he did i i personally think on the other side it was a stupid move that was very petty too petty i mean coming from king petty yourself i understand why you were like ah this is no big deal and i I think it's a little bit you know talk about my stepdad being dead (laughs) you're uh i i know that you know you want to get back at the media for kind of always doubting you but you just won two championships. You're enjoying the day. Why, why act like that? It just leaves oh such a weird God. stain on you. It doesn't. You know what? It doesn't. It, does. it doesn't. I'm, I'm going to get so fucking pissed about this. And one, I'm not fully convinced that he was only talking to the media. And and I, I don't care how that sounds. You have to be pretty, pretty foolish if you and, and like just bury your head in the sand in ignorance. If you think, oh, he wasn't talking about us. He was just talking about the media. Now, I do think he was talking about some specific people in the media. One of them reached out to me and DM'd me right after it happened about, like, he's like, no, trust me, dude. Like, there's been stuff going on all year. And I was like, who, Mr. Medium Rare? No, he didn't. I have not talked to Mr. Medium Rare. It was, <laughs> like, I, I, I'm not going to get into it because I, I like I like this guy. I know that he's kind of a polarizing figure, especially with Georgia fans and, and most people. But, you know, Mike Griffith is... He's, he's never been anything but nice to me. He's gone out of his way to be helpful, like just in terms of like, you know, advice and, and like pep talks and, and, and just like, you know, some pick me ups every once in a while. And just he's been nice at times, like to me, when he when he absolutely didn't have to be at all, just just because that's who he is. Um, I do think he may have had a little bit of a misguided and entrenched view and opinion of Stetson. Um even from some of the talks that I've had with him, just like in passing, like, you know, before the season, even last year. Um, And I don't think he's the only one. I don't think he's the only one at all. But when he, when he was responding to that, I do think he was responding to DJ Shockley of like, you guys just, you guys just burned us, man. Like, cause they, everyone did. Everyone associated with that school and that team for two full years did that to that kid. And then they did it again after he won the Natty. And they were like, listen, it was nice. But let's be honest, man. Probably time to pack it up. Do the right thing for the university. We want to get fucking just this ginger future DUI lawyer, Brock Vandergriffin here, and see what he can do. Like, so thank, I'm fucking, I'm so glad he finally said something. And to be honest, it should have been, y'all know if it was me, it would have been way worse. It would have been way worse. What do you think you would have done if, I'm telling you right now that I remember my dad, my dad told me to do this one time. He's like, why don't you just make a, he list? seems like a reasonable start maker who my dad. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a good guy. Um, <laughs> super good guy. <laughs> but like, I remember making a list in high school and I was like, it's like the Ryan thing from the office. And I was like, okay, these people, when, when something good happens to me, I'm going to rub it in their fucking face. And I like, that's petty. It's immature. It's, probably unnecessary but again 
All things that Stetson was that day. So all the things that, that people had said about this kid and to this kid for two years that he wasn't good enough. Fucking Kirby was like making jokes about it. Like he's like, you know, he was too small. He was, you know, we, we kept telling him he wasn't any good. He was third string and he just kept showing up, kept showing up. All the fans did the same thing. And I'm glad they finally came around this year. But I mean, I would be so fucking tired of having to hear constantly, well, you're just not good enough. Are they ought- like, think about the stigma people had about Georgia football this year with the numbers they put up in that offense because he was running it. Oh, there's just a defensive team. He's a game manager. Like, they're not, like, you know, they're really not that good. On- they're not explosive on offense. And it's like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? They averaged 46 points per game against ranked opponents this year. And he did it with a, a fucking lacrosse team playing wide receiver form. <laughs> Chris's dad is new Pam OC. <laughs> yeah, no, look, I wasn't uh I wasn't necessarily like fuck this guy, but like I don't know. I just thought it was an unnecessary move. That's just me though. I do think the whole thing about him being on his phone um was obviously <laughs> blown out of proportion. That like he's even said he was like we were playing music in the back of the car. And, and here's the other thing, too. I, like, not everyone, like, from an athlete standpoint, you just finished a absolute fucking grind. Like, an absolute fucking grind, especially in that program, when you don't have any days off and you don't let up and you, and you have to. I mean, it's fucking hard to go 15-0, and 0, man. It, it's really hard to go 29-1 and 1 with that schedule and and, like, the way they did it and to keep all the outside noise blocked out and the injuries and stuff like that, they had like at the end of the day, not in a rude way, but like who fucking cares what, what Randall and Jimmy and fucking Daryl think about like, cause they came out to the parade, bro. I just like blood, sweat and tears for, for, for Stetson. It's like seven years worked my ass off with these guys. Like I'm going to go celebrate with them. I like, I just, you know, those kids for the most part, I mean, he's a grown ass senior citizen at this point, but I mean like all those are kids (laughs) and like to be that, I tell you what, I don't know a lot of fan bases and I I don't care how this sounds because I've, I've complimented them all year long. They had a, they're the premier program in college football right now, but I don't know a lot of fan bases that would have gone to a fucking parade and somehow turned it into a negative or had a bad time. It's hard to be upset at a parade. You ever been to a parade? It's fucking parades. Like, the Shriners are there. You're handing out fucking hot dogs and shit. And there's got those crazy hats. Yeah, Ferris Bueller's singing songs. They're passing around buckets. There's, there's floats, which, fun fact, they're not really floating. They have wheels under them. People don't know that. But like, I knew that. I just, okay, well, I mean, you're smart. But I mean, it's hard to like be upset at a parade in general. It's real hard to be upset at a parade where you just finished off a 15 and 0 season, 29 and 1 in back-to-back years, two straight national championships, and you left mad about something. That is fucking insane to me. Mad. Real mad. mad. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, oh, whatever. It's been a topic for two weeks. I just yeah. had to bring it up before we move on. Um, <clears throat> portal season starting to Stetson die down, die down for now, uh, until the next portal season opens up after spring ball. Uh, only, I mean, look, there's some teams out there that have really improved their stock, including my own alma mater. I will say, 
Yeah, you guys what's going it. on at Ole Miss, though? Ow. Can you explain to me what's going on with Ole Miss at the, in the portal at the QB position? No, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't like. So last year out of the portal, they take Jackson Dart, who I believe was a former five-star recruit out of USC. I wouldn't say he was fantastic this year, but he was not. I don't know. Maybe Kiffin doesn't think he's the guy because he goes and not only gets Walker Howard out of the portal from LSU, who was a true freshman this year. Uh, I believe he probably retained his red shirt, so he'll be a red shirt freshman next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you think maybe Jackson Dart for one more year, then you transition to Walker Howard. No, he goes out a couple weeks later and brings in a red shirt senior, Spencer Sanders, who I think has been in the NCAA for nine years. That's not a joke. He's been there for he's been like a four year. Spencer starter. Sanders, eighteen NFL quarterbacks are older than him. Is that real? No. Oh, are older than him? That we were we were doing well. You know, the other eighteen are younger. I don't know, but people have do, been doing that with Stetson. Let's look at let's look at the uh, birth certificate on Spencer Sanders because he's been in the league for a while. It's fucking Danny Almonte. They go out. They get him. My assumption would be if you're a redshirt senior in your last year that you're not going to be going to Ole Miss to then sit the bench for your boy Jackson Dart, who should be playing lacrosse with that name. Uh, what do you think is going on here? Um, I, okay, so I'm just trying to look at these stats right now because what I don't understand is this. I don't think that that Jackson Dart was very – was great necessarily this year. Um, he was he was a better runner at times, I think, than than we probably realized he was going to be going into the season. But I, I don't know if, if Kiffin's got like a whole fucking like Pokemon thing where he's just try, trying to catch them all or what. But I mean, he flat out is trying to catch them all because I mean, like think about this: you go into this season, you have a starter who's a big time recruit. Right, and he starts the entire season. Now, the thing with Walker Howard is, and talking like we talked with Matt Muscona from uh, Baton Rouge and, and ESPN Radio in Baton Rouge, and he's good friends with Jamie Howard, his dad. And the whole situation there was, you Walker Howard was told he was going to sit a year, and then he was going to be able to compete right away. Like, like at worst case scenario, you're going to sit for a year, but you were going to be able to compete for the starting job no later than your second year in Baton Rouge. And that's not what happened because Jaden Daniels comes back. Jaden Daniels is becoming really good. Uh, Nussmeyer, who I think is possibly the best quarterback on that roster. Um, he's been really good. So he goes to Ole Miss. It's that like, that's the one that was so bizarre to me because it's like, I don't think he was going to sit. He was going to compete for sure. But Spencer Sanders, you have a four-year starter at a Power 5 program that's a year removed from going to a New Year's Six Bowl. What am I missing? Like, Why is he in the portal, for one? The other thing is maybe they just want to go to the fucking Grove and like see if they can find a Miss America before they, they don't make it in the NFL. It's, I mean, I guess maybe it presents a nice storyline for the spring. So we have no idea. I, I, my guess is if you bring in, especially a Spencer Sanders, that because Walker Howard essentially replaces Luke Alt- Altmyer, right? Um, but Spencer Sanders, he's not brought in unless you feel not so confident about Jackson Dart. So to yeah. me, that position is wide open going into the spring. 
Well, without a doubt it is. And I think that like the thing with Kiffin is too, like he, I mean, quarterbacks are his whole deal and, you know, and blondes, but like mainly quarterbacks and all right. So like Jackson dart, 62% completion percentage a year ago, uh, 8.2 yard or 8.6 yards per attempt. He had 3000 yards passing 25 touchdowns and hold on. Am I missing this? Oh, I'm off 20 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I, like competition makes you better. It makes everyone better. I just thought like this, I just thought Sanders, like if, when you hear Walker Howard going, goes there, either one, he's not threatened by Walker Howard at all, or he just didn't want to go to Auburn. But I, I just assumed he ends up at Auburn. Well, he does not. He indeed ends up at Ole Miss. What is Auburn doing at quarterback? Because there so, were rumors they were going to get in on Grayson McCall. He withdraws from the portal. There were rumors they were going to get in with Sam Hartman, I think, at one point. Maybe not Hartman. It was somebody else. And they didn't end up landing that guy. Now Spencer Sanders, not landing him. I think it was Leary, actually, that, that they were mm-hmm. involved with that went, ended up going to Kentucky. So are they just running it back with your boy? Bro, they, I was listening to a uh, a, a buddy of mine who is, is a really good dude. His name's Mike. He runs the Auburn War Report, and he was talking about this. And just bottom line, he is he's like close with, with Robbie Ashford. So this is where this opinion has to be coming from. But he was making this comment. He was like, I don't think we need to get anybody from the portal. And this is like a feeling that's shared with a lot of people. I think we got all the talent we need right here. And Hugh Freeze said himself that he is a developer of talent at quarterback. So the expectation for Auburn, a lot of Auburn fans now is that Robbie Ashford is is your guy for one. And that he makes a like not just like a an improvement, but like a leap in year two. I don't know. It, you, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. A leap. Robbie Ashford had one game after the month of September where he completed over fifty percent of his passes. Right. One. So we we expect him to take a leap. I don't. I do no. not. Here's what's going to happen, Chris. We're going to go to spring ball. We're going to go through spring ball. And what's his face? Hugh Freeze is going to mm-hmm. find out, hey, I don't have a quarterback on this roster. And there will simultaneously be other spring games going on. There will be high-level backup QBs that do not earn starting jobs and will look to find another school to start at. Yeah. Only then will Hugh Freeze bring in, hell, maybe it could be like a Brock Vandegrift type from Georgia. Someone who is not going to get an opportunity, or if it's not him, maybe it's Carson Beck or Gunnar Stockton. There will be options, and Auburn will sign a quarterback in the spring portal window, and all will be forgotten. Um. By the way, do you know how many in four years? Do you know how many career passing touchdowns, or I'm sorry, uh, interceptions Spencer Sanders has thrown? No. 39. Hmm. It's tough to do. It's tough to do. In the Big 12. Right. And lastly, NFL playoffs. You've been watching. You've been betting. We watched together on Sunday. Um, I had a nice little money line, underdog money line bet on the Bengals, who 
got in that ass against the Bills. Joe Burrow. Yep, you heard it. Joe Burrow, my man, coming through. I cannot wait to watch Bengals, Chiefs, Burrow, Mahomes. Mahomes is injured. That's a storyline. High ankle sprain. Yeah. He looked awful after he got injured. Uh, So that's something to watch. And then obviously you got the Eagles going up against the Niners. Kind of feels like Brock Purdy, like this will be the week that he finally is like, oh yeah, I was the last pick in the draft. I shouldn't be seven and zero as a starter in my rookie season. I just love um, that it was. It took till January whatever for them to come out with the storyline about what Saban apparently said to him when he visited Bama or something like that. I was like, God. Any predictions for the weekend? Who who comes out victorious and who plays in the Super Bowl? Um, I mean, I, I don't really. I'm not a huge NFL guy either way. I think um, I think it'd be awesome to have Joe Burrow back in it and, and probably win it. Joe Burrow versus versus Jalen would be fun. Um, like two younger guys. I feel like if Mahomes gets in, he's gonna win. Just yeah. the bottom line. Get it, he'll get enough rest for sure on the, for the ankle. Yeah, I think I think Joe Burrow uh, and the Bengals will take it against against the Chiefs. I think. I mean, Mahomes looked bad after he got injured, and I don't know. Um, and then I'll take the Eagles to to beat the 49ers. I think that'll be a great game. But man, that the Eagles having a home game, and they I've been to an Eagles game at at the at Philadelphia. It's a it's a time. It's a time. Uh, I, I will. I think that from a betting standpoint, I think it's going to be very low scoring just because those two defenses are really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could be wrong about that, but it's going to be a fun game to watch on offense, though, man. Because both those coordinators or both those head coaches are great offensive minds. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, it should be fun either way. I mean, like it, it's. I mean, the playoffs are are always great. Uh, what else is going on in sports? So, did Andrew Jones make the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. How? I don't know. Hey, uh, we've been having great meetings with the suits. The suits are fired up about the pod. So we're not going to give any details yet because it still has to be worked out. But we, what we do know is that if you haven't subscribed to the show, go to Spotify mm-hmm. and subscribe to our show on Spotify. Of course, if you don't have Spotify, you could also get it on anywhere else you find podcasts. But we prefer Spotify. Secondly, trying to build our YouTube channel. So please like and subscribe this video. Even if you don't want to listen to the video podcast, just go like and subscribe the videos for us. Just do it. There are actually some really cool things that we could plan for the off season and next season. We're talking going out to different schools, coming out to y'all uh, in the tailgate areas and uh, filming some content. But it'll only happen if the pod has success through yeah. the off season. So we need y'all's help. Go tell a friend about the podcast. Go give us five stars. Uh, go give us reviews. It all helps. Yeah. Um, I will also say, um, guys, I'm not like, I'm not going to go back to sending out foot picks. I'm not going to go back to giving out HJs or ZJs under the bridge. I can't do that anymore. I'm inside that I'm above it. I just physically like like my wrists and my hands, like arthritis is setting in. I'm a little bit older now. I don't want disability insurance. I don't, do you think I know anything about my insurance? Okay. I know a guy. Okay. Um, Regardless, uh, no, we, we definitely um, we appreciate all the support. And, and you know, we, 
like like Tyler said, we've had some really good talks. So we're really excited about some of the stuff that's gonna actually happen. What? Crazy, right? We're gonna Crazy. get into college basketball next week, whether you like it or not. Oh god. Yeah, like listen, uh, first off, it's gonna dominate. We're gonna have to talk about March Madness at some point. I don't like it any more than you do, but Bama right now is really good, and I don't get it. Hey man. Enjoy it. You know, as the football team falls from its heights, basketball team rises to prominence. Okay. Well, there's that. Uh, also, this is like y'all's time to shine. Anything y'all, I mean, it's a long off season. Um, and I don't think I'm going to move again, which is like a different for like how I spent the last six months. Found found myself a little, little place over here in the Highlands. So let us know what kind of content you guys want, what you guys want to talk about, kind of fun, creative shit um if there are any deep dives you want us to like so look back at like certain years all that fun stuff i've got at least got nothing but time on my hands so um and also last but not least we had one of our listeners uh i'm not going to get into the specifics but um one of our listeners who is like most of you guys has become one of my good friends just from um engaging like you know off air obviously and and on social media and all that kind of stuff um guy that i've become like really close with over the past couple of years uh had a little bit of a scare the other day we're not again like i'm not gonna get into it but um just people with just check in on your people there was i woke up on saturday morning and had this really awful feeling and and almost um we almost lost this person because of just going to a bad place, didn't know who to talk to, all this kind of stuff uh, that we, you know, mental health. Um, and I just want to reiterate for the thousandth time, and you guys know me, and I'm very open about all this kind of stuff, but it's always okay to not be okay. It's always okay to reach out to somebody and talk to them. You reach out to me at any point. I'm not saying that I always will check my DMs because usually it's people tell me how stupid I am. Um, so this would be a refreshing change, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. If there's something that you are struggling with or anything like that, reach out. Uh, nobody deserves to go through this shit alone. And uh, I don't want to speak for Tyler, but I love you guys. Um, we're very appreciative of, of all that you guys have been allowed us to do. Um, and we care about you guys. So it's okay to not be okay. Let's say it again. No way to transition to this, but Last but not least. Her stepdad's dead. Texas Pete. <laughs> Thanks to Texas Pete. Downset sauce like you mean it. We appreciate the sponsorship over the course of the year. More to come with them. More to come with you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.